Hey, what's up? This is Q Robinson, and today I am Ben's guest on BitFet5. What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. I'm coming to you live from the bathroom at Culture Room in Fort Lauderdale. And if you know, you know. So this week's guest is Q Robinson, the newly announced touring drummer for Broadway's Hamilton, which is huge. That's a very coveted chair. But before he starts that, he's currently finishing up his tenure with Ain't Too Proud, a musical about the band The Temptations. So besides Broadway, Q has also played with Avery Sunshine, Bobby Brown, Anthony David, and a host of others. He's also a mentor to a few of my peers, and he's just a bundle of positivity. On top of that, he's a great drummer with finesse and pocket for days. And it was great catching up with him. I hadn't seen him in a few years, and I hope you enjoy the top five records that shaped Quentin, aka Q Robinson, into the drummer he is today. Cheers. Before we get into your uh, influences, I do want to have one more note on you kind of subbing and working your way up through the Broadway circuit. How is being an open-handed player, how did that affect your ability to sub? Because I know, and I've heard you talk about it, I've heard other people talk about it, how anal retentive some engineers are, even if like as something as subtle as changing a symbol placement. So uh-huh. <laughs> how'd you have to fight so against I, that? It, it's, it's pretty interesting that you actually say symbol placement because I am an overhanded player. I'll play a right-handed kick, but my ride is on the left, mm. which is typically crash for most right-handed drummers. Sure. Um, I had to get clearance. Like when I played Ain't Too Proud, like it was a it was an entire meeting where Clayton Craddock, who's the was the drummer on the Broadway show, I came in, I audited a couple of days early, and I was like, hey man. Just wanted to rem- let you, remind you that I'm a lefty, so my ride has to go on the right. If anytime anyone sit here is lefty, they're thinking Greg Clark style ride, uh, like mirror kit. I'm yeah. like, no, 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 it's nothing like that. Just the ride needs to be on the left. Hmm. So they brought the entire audio team down. Like, not just the front of house engineer, <laughs> the monitor guy, like everybody came into this eight foot by eight foot booth. So just imagine five grown men hunched over in this booth. And I'm just like, listen, seriously, all it is, <laughs> I just want to take this symbol from here and put it here. Yeah. I was like, I promise I'll put it back. And they were <laughs> like, okay, it's like a deliberation of fate, right? And it's like, no, it's okay, fine, you can do it. But, you know. A um, bunch of whispering, then turn it back around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, uh, <laughs> and I get it now. Like, if you've ever seen, if you ever get a chance to see a Broadway show, and I think there's something on YouTube actually of how how these guys mix a Broadway show. They are literally mixing each vocal individually. So all of the channels aren't up. They are actively, they have to know the script and the score just as well as the actors and the musicians do. 
because they are actively okay dialogue down next dialogue down okay there's a duet here trio here like they're lit so they don't have time to worry about okay the drummer is playing the ride on the on the left hand side tonight let me eq this in Mm -hmm. That needs to be set because they have so much to do. They, I've never, it's a show in itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a show in itself. So I get it now at the time coming from our world, it's like, dude, just, if you want the ride orientation on the right, just flip the panning. Like I didn't, I didn't know then what I know now. So, but yeah, like uh, there have been a couple of shows where I've actually declined opportunities to sub simply because the, um, the setups are so unique and without having the benefit of being able to switch anything around, you know, n- and no one ever gets the benefit of the backstory of, oh, this guy's a lefty coming in to play on a right-handed kit. Once you suck, you get blacklisted. You're never getting another, another call again. So, mm. you know, it's one thing to be able to get a call to sub a show, but also having the ability to take a show where you know you'll be able to be successful because based on your success of that show, you'll get a call for another show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a whole world that I know nothing about. And I'm sure we can have you back on to talk all about that, but let's, <laughs> let's get into your influences. Let's get into it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you one it. more, but though. So before we get into the five that you sent me, I do want to get into a little more of your earlier mentorships. So can you, can you talk about David Jody Hill? and Jonathan Joseph a little bit before Man, we get into the albums? Absolutely. So Jody used to play with Casey and the Sunshine Band. Oh, wow. Like, um, yeah, like he played with Casey and the Sunshine Band for years, abs- like years. Uh, Jody was the first guy that wasn't afraid to have a personality on and off the drums, right? Um, he a very big personality. He also, this is before uh, what we know the drum off is now. He like placed second place nationally when it first started back way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So um, Jody was uh, he was a showman for sure. But the thing about him being a showman, he as much as he was a showman, he was also a groover. Um, he taught me that it was okay to be an an individual and not necessarily be a clone of someone else. Um, those were the lessons, especially growing up in, um, in Miami, you know, Jody was the guy, you know, Jody was the, uh, my first gig outside of church was with this, uh, this local singer name was Ruby Baker, who Jody had been playing for. And Jody was the one that put me in that chair. He was like, no, you're ready. You can do the gig. Mm -hmm. And he was my champion, um, for that. So, um, Jody, he he just had a birthday too. Um, happy birthday, Jody! Um, he's a incredible guy, still playing. Got his own band now called Deep Fried Funk Band. Um, awesome. Yeah, and uh, you know he he was just that guy that showed me that it was okay to be an individual, you know, as a professional. Um, Jonathan Joseph, Jonathan was my percussion instructor, my um, applied percussion instructor in undergrad. When I met Jonathan. I knew nothing other than church music, right? So me going to school and me getting a scholarship was more based on the potential that I had, but not definitely. I didn't know really what jazz was and what fusion was. Um, So Jonathan was the one that set me on the path of independence. He set me on a path of being a better reader. He set me on a path of making sure that I was using the right posture when I played. 
you know, all of these things. Jonathan was the one that broke all of the bad habits that you you gain as a self-taught individual. The imprinting of new information is never hard. The hardest thing about learning anything new is breaking the bad habit. So we took maybe a year and a half of breaking bad habits and imprinting the correct way of doing things, whether it be posture, whether it be setting up the drum kit so it's ergonomically correct so that I could pull on my playing ears. You know, um, even the type of drumsticks, I still play a derivative of the drumstick that he was using way back then. This is not uh, uh, drum candy, so we won't get into the gear, but <laughs> yeah. like all of those things, Jonathan was that guy, the first guy that I saw playing. At that time, Will Kennedy just had left the Yellow Jackets and Jonathan Joseph was the guy that was sitting in that seat. That he was also playing with Pat Metheny. He was also playing with Nestor Torres. Like, the guy was just all over the place to the point where he was living in Miami and also living in New York as well. Uh, so that was the first time I saw someone doing it on that level. And I was like, wow, like, I I want to do that. Those, those two guys, for sure, specifically because they were from the South Florida area. We didn't necessarily have a lot. Like, we're not known for... You know, Chicago has a very rich history and tradition of drummers, and New York has a very rich history. Miami doesn't necessarily have that, but we do have local hometown heroes, and these two are by far top of that list. If you talk to 10 other South Florida drummers, their names are going to pop up on that list as well. Well, I'm happy to give them the platform. That's awesome. Shout out to David, Jody Hill, and Jonathan Joseph. Yeah, man. Those are my guys. All right. Well, let's hop into your top five. Are these in any particular order or is this just what came to mind or how did you categorize this? Listen, I actually did it in order. Um, starting with the, the, the Walter Hawkins track. That is so like chronologically, it'll make sense once we get to the end. Yeah. All right. I love it. All right. So the first one, the album's Love Alive 2, the release year is 1978. The artist, as you just said, is Walter Hawkins. Song choice that we will listen to is Until I Found the Lord, and the drummer is Joel Smith. So let's talk about it a little bit, and then we'll listen to a little clip of, of Joel's drumming. I've never heard of Joel, unfortunately, and that's one of the, my favorite things about doing this is I'm turned on to so many different players. So take it away. All right. So um, I grew up in a very sheltered household. Like the only music that was being played in the house was gospel music. I've been playing drums since I was, I could walk. Uh, so my dad used to set up my drum kit next to the record player. Mm. And the first song I ever heard that I tried to play was this Walter Hawkins until I found the Lord. Now, Joel Smith is a legend. He's uh, originally from Oakland. He's a, he's an Oakland guy, he's a West coast guy. Uh, but uh, he, sadly he passed away a few years ago, but he was, one of the more influential drummers in gospel, but he also played bass as equally as well. Like what a bastard. Yeah, you're right, man. Just just incredible time. Um, I remember stories of hearing um obviously I was a kid, but stories of, you know, time challenges where he would put on a metronome, start playing, they would turn off the metronome for like two minutes. They would turn their metronome back on while he was playing, and he was dead on. His timing was impeccable. His um, his foot, like when you talk about R&B, and that, that's so much R&B and pop now. Like 
the the foot power that uh you know drummers have to have like this is one of the first guys where like his foot was so fast and it was so powerful um and you'll hear when he starts this song this to keep in mind this is 1978 what you're getting ready to play okay just listen to the hi-hat work and how he starts the song it commands attention as soon as you hear it all right here we go until i found the lord That's a lot of personality there. I love that. Oh, that's a cool fill. You know, it's funny. This hi-hat pattern that he's doing is uh, definitely one that creeps its way into a lot of Cannon's choruses. Really? Oh, yeah. Maybe Joel's my favorite drummer I've never known. (laughs) Damn. And this was a live album. This wasn't, like, this is a live recording. Yeah, man. Wow. So that was the first song you tried to play. How did? Well, I guess I should ask how how it went. Actually, it, it went well because later on in the song, the groove shifts and it goes to more like what we call a, a shouting beat or a church beat. In country music, it might be called a two beat. Broadway is called a two beat. Do get, do get, do get. So or it kind of goes to like a train beat, like yeah. kind of more like a um, a high praise beat. So mm-hmm. it goes there. Yeah, like. I didn't suck, you know, <laughs> being three, three, four years old. Um, I think that's when, you know, my family actually realized that, oh, wait, he can actually play for real. This is just like some little toddler phase of playing drums because every kid growing up has either a piano or a drum kit. Yep. You know, you used to be able to go to Toys R Us and get them off the shelf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was because of that, because I could play that they realized that, oh, wait a minute, this is something a little different. This is, you know, so that that was my introduction. And like that entire album, Joe Smith is on it. You know, there are a couple of other albums that I was able to listen to in the house, gospel records that had phenomenal drumming like that. But that one, I chose that one simply because of who was playing drums and that feeling. I still get that feeling when I hear it now as I did when I was three years old, like, because there weren't a lot of drum songs in gospel, a lot of songs that started off with a drum intro, mm-hmm. like it was a drum intro, mm. you know? So, yeah. So did you listen to headphones or is it through the speakers? How it did was you? Through the wood, it was through the wooden speakers from the, the phonograph. Oh my God. So it probably taught you finesse because you had to play quiet enough to listen to it. So you're already learning yeah. dynamics right off the bat. <laughs> Well, I literally used to set, my dad used to set my drums up right in front of one of the speakers. Wow. You know, and then the other thing, if you remember, especially on albums back then, the drummer always did something cool as the record was getting ready to fade out. Like, like, right. Mm -hmm. So like turning it up all the way and just putting my ear to the speaker so I can hear exactly what he was doing. So yeah, man, it was a good time. That's awesome, dude. (laughs) 
Hey, y'all. I wanted to... (laughs) I can't say. I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by 5.5 snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three-position strainer, 42-strand wires. It's lovely. It's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember... Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve 6 tour, and I didn't keep it, and I regretted it ever since then, just because I was trying to pinch pennies at the time, and I just kept thinking about it, and so the opportunity to get it again was presented, and it is one of my favorite drums. So the Ocean Patinaed 14 by 5.5 snare drum. Check it out. Reach out to me. Go to Vessel Drum Co., the Instagram's just at Vessel Drum Co. and check it out. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Sounds great. Bye. Um, all right. Number two, the album is Toto 4. The release year is 1982. The artist is, of course, Toto. Song choice is Africa. Um, and Jeff Picaro is on the drums. Uh, we, no one, even though a lot of people talk about him, he's still not talked about enough. So it's not talked about enough. Go ahead. So once again, this also goes back to um, not being able to listen to anything but gospel in the house. My dad bought my mom a car for a birthday, a brand new Oldsmobile. If you remember back in the day when you bought a new car, it came with a courtesy tape of songs. You can actually look it up. Like it used to be like a thank you for purchasing our car. Mm-hmm. And they would have like the hottest songs of that time. You know, and it was a 1985 Cutlass Salon, Oldsmobile Cutlass Salon. And um, it ultimately ended up becoming my first car. Mm. But um, my mom, you know, it was a, and we were getting ready to go on our annual family vacation. And that was the first time that I was given permission to listen to secular music. Wow. And the first song on that tape was um, Africa by Toto. And I just remember hearing that groove and I didn't know anything about who Jeff Picaro was. I didn't know how legendary he is or his dad was. Mm -hmm. I just knew that it was something about that song that resonated with me. And I could not wait to come back to the house after vacation to sit down and try to play that song on my drums. Well, here we go. Here is, uh, here's Africa. Once again, another song with a drum intro. Shouldn't they all? Right, right.
No fill before the vocals come in. He just Nothing. grooves. I love such restraint. chorus run out yeah oh, oh, of course when you got home were you able to understand the the idea of overdubs or like because obviously if you go and try and play that groove you're like but it doesn't sound like what he's playing because when you're a kid you're like well they're overdubbing shakers and the congas and i had no idea all i knew was that I wanted to know how to play that. Like I, mm. I had no concept of, you know, oh, there's shakers here. Like I, I, I kind of feel like I've been playing drums virtually my entire life, but I feel like I was a late bloomer because all of those things that I am now cognizant of, you know, didn't happen until I got to undergrad and started, you know, you know, gigging out more, you know, being in, like being around Jody and being around, um, uh, Jonathan and James Davis is another Florida, Floridian legend. You know, those guys were the ones that really kind of like, oh man, listen to this part. You hear that? And it's like, mm -hmm. well, it doesn't sound like a hi-hat. It's not a hi-hat. Those are maracas. Those are shakers. Because of that, I started getting into drum programming and like having like the Roland R8 and the MPC 2000. So that's when I started actually getting into sound design and soundscapes you know, real drums versus fake drums and all of that stuff. But at that time, I was eight, nine. I had no concept of any of that. I just heard the drums. I was like, that's the cool beat. I want to learn how to play it. Sure. The thing about both of those songs is like, the drummers are not necessarily doing a bunch, but they're saying so much, you know? Yeah, I remember the first time someone introduced to me the concept of overdubs, and I was just, it was such a weight off my shoulder. Because I was like... <laughs> Trying to like how are they, how are they freaking doing all that? Yeah, and I I love a, a a well produced record that has so much going on, but it just sounds like a cohesive glued together unit. Yeah, I mean that song's the example of that for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I, I'm excited about uh, to talk about the next one because you're the second person that's brought up this band, and uh, they're incredible. And I know probably outside of my world, they're insanely popular. But it was they're still new to me. So um, the album is Definition of a Band. The release year is 1996. The artist is Mint Condition. The song choice is the titular track Definition of a Band. And the drummer is I know you were saying maybe it, it might be two people, Stokely there are, and then there, there are two drummers. Okay, so it's Stokely and then Chris Daddy Dave. Yeah, Chris Day Dave. So this isn't their first album. This is actually a third album. Okay. Uh, their first album, they had a uh, a breakout hit. It was called uh, Pretty Brown Eyes. That was on the Meant to Be Mint record. All right. 
they followed that album up with the album that was produced by the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis called The Mint Factory. The Mint Factory. Okay. So that was the that was their second album. That was the album that like just kind of blew the doors off. But like they had a lot of um, although it was a lot of live drums, it was still in the '90s, so it was still a lot of those like we're talking about those uh, other sounds. You know, there were drums, but a lot of things laid on top of the drums. And um, on that Mint Factory album, the first song is like, Welcome to the Mint Factory. And there are drums, double drums, panned left and right. And they're doing this orchestrated drum solo, Mm -hmm. right? The second album, I mean, the third album, which is Definition of a Band, it was a bit more live, but it was the same type of concept. So you will hear a lot of dual drums and double drums. And um, the thing I about this by this time i started getting into the theatrics of what music is and what drums are then you talk about the definition of a band you can actually hear in this in this track that you're going to play the evolution of the drum solo it starts off very kind of spatial and ethereal and then it comes into a very complete sound uh intention um so that's the thing that spoke to me about this particular um drum track all right here we go How have I not heard of this song before? This is crazy. And that's Stokely on Steel Pairs as well. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. They start off unison and then they go to complementing parts. Okay, so Mint Condition is kind of still around. Stokely has branched off on its own. He has his own thing now. And, you know, as we know, we know who Chris Dave is and how he's, you know, this is a very young Chris Dave. Mm. You know, um, another song on this record, it's called Spend the Night, where they actually give Chris a drum solo. And Stokely introduces Chris to the populace like introducing Chris Daddy Dave and Chris just goes for it. It's one of those things. That's when I, I I started getting into who drummers are and, you know, what they're doing and what they're playing. And, you know, um, liner notes became a huge thing for me at that point, Mm -hmm. you know? So my freshman year in college was a awakening of sorts because it was the first, I'm, you know, I'm out of the house, you know, I'm meeting different people from different cultures. Everybody doesn't look like me. And now I'm being introduced to all of these different genres of music. And as you can tell, listening to that one song, you got odd meters in there. You got, you know, steel pans in there. That was definitely not organ and drums at a storefront church. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was also around that time where it's like, man, that I want to, I want to hear more of that, you know? So, yeah, that's yeah, what it, Mint Condition holds for me. Yeah. 
I was going to say, it definitely sounds like a Chris Daddy Dave or young Chris Dave, because I can actually pick out what parts of the instrument he's playing. Nowadays, I'm like, he has so many cool sounds. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're hitting, I don't dude. know what he's doing, so, right? <laughs> and I meant that with the most respect, Chris, if you're listening. But all right. So number four, actually, with that number four, oh, I think I actually skipped one, by the way. I apologize. So number three slash four, the album is Four Corners. The release year is 1987. The artist is the Yellow Jackets, dude. I can't believe I skipped that after what we were talking but about it's beforehand. Fine because those two, but you know what? It's fine because, like I said, at at the same time, the, the, these two things were happening for me at the same time. Great. Like being introduced to the mint condition and being introduced to the Yellow Jackets was in the same spring that I started undergrad. So it could be three and four. They they're easily interchangeable. For well, sure. See, I, I meant to do it the whole time because I wanted you to say that. <laughs> so the artist is Yellow Jackets, of course. The song choice is Sightseeing from the album Four Corners. And the drummer is The Will the Kennedy. The Will Kennedy. So yeah, take it away. Okay, so uh, I get to undergrad. I think I am the best thing walking on the planet with two drumsticks. And Jonathan <laughs> Joseph, in the best way, humbled me to the ground, you know, not only with his playing, but he started introducing me, you know, to other forms of music that I had, I had no idea existed. And because at that time he was playing with the Yellow Jackets, we started there. And this was the first uh, album that I listened to. Uh, I love all of Will's stuff. I love all of the Yellow Jacket stuff. But this album in particular means so much to me. And it still does simply because the intro on this song sightseeing is very reminiscent it like the single that i put out I put out a single last year called the qr code and that's my groove that i play on the intro of that song is a derivative of what will plays at the top of this song my single was a tribute to will and to the yellow jackets and so if you ever listen to the qr code you're like oh yeah this definitely has a very yellow jacket-ish feel this was the premise for my song. Um, and, you know, fast forwarding and, um, you know, as my career began to grow, Will has become a great friend and a great mentor to me. So um, the Yellow Jackets and Will like hold a very special place in my heart. Um, quick story. Uh, I was in South Africa with people Bryson back and I think it was 2015 and the Yellow Jackets were there. And so every night they had a reception for the American artists at the hotel. And I'm looking, the Will Kennedy is sitting over there eating <laughs> dinner. And I'm really trying not to be a fan, but like I've heard so much about him. I know so much about him at this point. And I walk up to him and the nicest guy, I sit down and I ask him about Cape Town. And if you've ever heard Cape Town off of the, uh, the Blue Hats album, the groove, you don't know where the group sit unless you know where one is and mm -hmm. i still have a voice memo on my phone from that night of him actually sitting there and breaking down for me limb by limb what each one of those limbs were doing because i wow. could not under i did not understand how to play that song but you know will holds a very special place in my life simply because he's one of the nicest people that you'll meet but he also has all world talent and sometimes you know being like that's not those two things are not necessarily in the same body. 
Nope. So to have someone with all world talent, but also be humble enough to know that he's human and it's okay to be a nice guy and have all world talent. You know, he's one of my heroes for, for that reason, if not a million other, but that thing right there, like very high character guy that, you know, treats everybody with the utmost respect. Doesn't matter what your tax bracket is or who you're playing for. He treats everybody the same. And I think that's just a testament to him and, I, I try to be the same way because of that. Yeah. Do you, is that something you want to keep something special to just you? Or do you mind sending that to me and I can put it at the end of this uh, episode of him breaking that down or? Oh no, I'll send it. All right. Well then listen all the way to the end and we'll, we'll put that at the very end. Uh, Will Kennedy breaking <laughs> down that song. I'm going to text it to you now. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. And while you do that, we're going to play the song sightseeing by yep. the yellow jackets. What's this in, by the way? What what time is this in? Six. This is where my groove comes in. Let's move on to number five. And this one actually is number five. And so <laughs> it's the, al- the album is We Like It Here. The release year is 2014. The artist is Snarky Puppy. The song choice is Lingus. And the drummer is Larnell Lewis. So yeah, take it away. Yeah, man. All right, so by this time, it's 2014. You know, um, I'm a professional musician, professional musician at this point. And, you know, um, there's just certain songs that just resonate with you. And, um, you know, shout out to Spud Seawright, you know, and all of the amazing drummers that have played with Snarky. Um, but when I heard Lingus, it was two things about Lingus that just totally just blew me away. Number one is Corey Henry's solo. The, it's the, the, he starts off on the, um, his keyboard solo is just like absolutely ridiculous. And then towards the end, Larnell just, picks up where he left, leaves off and it just becomes like this this wall of sound. And then Snarky is just hitting the accents with them. It's in my head, that's what I sound like when I play drums, right? In my <laughs> head, only in my head. 
Um, but Larnell is just such such a force, and um, Snarky is just an amazing band. They're not the first instrumental only band, but I want to say for for me, it's one of the first, one of the few that actually resonate with me. And it's not just background music, if that makes any sense. A lot of times, you know, the minute that it doesn't have any lyrics, people lose interest simply because as musicians, we hear melody as conversation. Mm -hmm. Everybody doesn't necessarily do that. I think uh, the way Snarky composes their music, anybody can listen to it and find something to latch onto. It may be the energy by which it's recorded, you know, it just may be the sheer mix, whatever it is, like it grabs you in a certain way that I don't think a lot of instrumental music can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lingus is specifically because of Corey Henry and Larnell and how how he composes that solo, that drum solo at the end is masterful and how he comes out of it. I really wish you could skip. I wish I knew the, the second, the minute and the second to get to that to that solo to see how he converses with Corey while Corey is singing what doing his solo and then how he starts his own thing and then it just evolves from there like there's so much beauty in that solo it's I wish you could get a Grammy for a drum solo this would definitely be at the top of my list for sure hell yeah well We'll go through it a little bit by bit to make sure we find it. But the people that are listening, I'm just, I'm going to leave this part in for sure. But you're just going to hear it at the perfect spot. Um, perfect. But right now we're going to go in the trenches for everyone and find it. Okay. So let's, yeah. let's try and find it. Cause yes, it is a 10, almost 11 minute song. You cannot have an off night playing this song. You have to be right? in the zone. No, no, yes. He can't think about what's, what's, do they have carrots in the green room? No, nothing. And see, I don't think he's, that's him doing all that in real time. Now this is yeah. adding that, that a weight up back on my shoulder of like, no, drummers can do all this at the same time. <laughs> Damn it. Oh yeah, because this is a live album. Yeah. So thanks, Q. Sorry. This song makes me accept why him hearing Enter Sandman one time and playing it almost flawlessly was easy for him. Right.
but still like understated in a cool way too. He was still wasn't just like, here's all my bags of tricks. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's the thing I love about Larnell's playing. It's never look at me. It's always doing what the music requires. Okay. You need me to sit here. Cool. If you need me to take a little bit, I can. And um, yeah, like that's one of the, my favorite drummers never had the opportunity to meet. And um, the first thing I'm going to do when I see him is tell him how much I enjoyed listening to him on this particular project. But, um, but yeah, like this is, um, you heard it. You heard the evolution of where it started, where he was going. And um, it's, yeah, I, that, that kind of music, that type of playing resonates with me. And it makes me want to be, it makes me want to dig in a little bit more. And it's like, it makes me want to shed a little bit more, not to get better, but allow music to, like, he's not controlling that. That is music being able to split through the tenets of his skill set, mm -hmm. right? And um, I, you know, we should all be so blessed to be able to do that and allow music to speak through us any way it wants to and not be hindered by our limitations. I think Larnell embodies that, so... Yeah, that's kind of what I always tell people when we casually talk, like, what do you practice? What do you practice? And it's like, I practice if I want to say something and I can't, mm -hmm. that's what I know I should practice. It's not that I yes. can check off the list of the 50 different styles of drum grooves I need to know, quote unquote, according to whatever website, you know? So it's, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you said it way better than me. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, Q, that was your top five. Um, you were obviously playing all over the place. So this is your chance to tell people where they can see you live, where they can get a hold of you. Um, I know through a lot of people I've talked to, you are a mentor to a lot of people. You're such a positive force. So how can people just contact wow. you and all that jazz? Well, um, you can contact me on my website. All of my social media stuff is on my website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's www.imqrobinson.com. Um, there's playing examples. There's the blog there. I, I got to do better about blogging. I don't see how you guys are so consistent with this stuff. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I struggle, believe me. <laughs> but yeah, like, so, you know, uh, all things Q Robinson can be found on www.iamqrobinson.com. I promise you there is new content coming. I just don't know when because I am in the midst of trying to learn this new show. So, well, you're busy having a career, so I think people can give you some well, slack. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Ben. Uh, if you want to see me play live, I am currently on tour with the Broadway National play, uh, Musical, Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations. Well, we're just finishing up in St. Louis. We are headed to Chattanooga. Um, but if you go to aintooproudmusical.com, you'll see all of their tour dates. And starting in November, I guess I can say it here. Yeah. Um, starting in November, I will be uh, taking over the drum chair for Hamilton. And uh, so you can go to their website and see where they are. And, you know, if you're in one of those cities, drop me a line. Maybe we can grab a coffee or something. And, uh, you know, I love to meet other musicians and other drummers and do the drum hang thing. So that's where you can, that's what I'm doing. That's me and that's what I'm doing. Love it, dude. Well, I'll let you go, man. I know, uh, I know, we got a crew trying to get some dinner, so I will, uh, I will need to go as well. But have a great night, dude. It's so good to well, talk thanks, to you. Thanks, man. 
Likewise, man. Be safe out there. Smack them in the head like I know you're doing, man. And I can't wait to talk to you again, bro. All right. Cheers, dude. All right. Bye. Okay, Cape Town. Live and in color. <laughs> so it's obviously 6'8", right? Mm-hmm. And we're feeling the, the pulse of accenting beats one and four. So, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And let's slow it down a bit. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two. So we're gonna take each limb and work it out, right? Bass drum first. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, 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 five, six. Oh, 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 four, five, six. Right? Oh, 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 right? Oh, oh, oh. The snare drum. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. The kick and snare. Oh, 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 right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, 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 oh. Now, the gorilla. <laughs> the gorilla is the hi hat, right? Yeah. So think of a waltz, right? Mm-hmm. Think of a waltz. One, two, three, four, five, six. Right? Yep. Four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's it, right? Four, five, six. Now, if you don't get it from listening to that, I don't need to be playing drums. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Will Kennedy. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye.